0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This summer, when you're on the go, stay connected to what matters most with access to over 3 million Cox Wi-Fi hotspots. Learn more at Cox.com. Ask Ashley, the podcast is sponsored by Cox
1: Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today.
0: This This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
2: you anxious. You'd be anxious. i am just yeah, i just I love I just hate not knowing Like, of I hate the unknown. But maybe so, as I said, this is this is therapy for it. I
3: think I think this is episode fifty two, season ten of the Fighting God Podcast. I think it is. If it isn't, forgive me. Um nice. but uh, Kieran from Memory Lane Podcast, I've been on that podcast a couple of times where you guys you you know, you talk about great moments in Spurs's most recent history, also to the eighties where you talked about um some of the stuff that was going on back in them days with your dad. And, uh, yeah, so we brought you on because we thought it's, it's a really good pod, Kieran. It's really like you're doing good Thank work. you you. you you're, you're producing a, a, you know, content. Content's such a fucking wanky word. But you're producing a podcast that is well worth listening to. Do you know what I mean? It's like the first time in ages that a Spurs podcast has come out. And I thought, you know what, I'll listen to that the next time they put something out. So... Yeah, yeah, fair play. So, to tell us a little bit. Actually, before we do that, sorry, Spooky's also on the line. How are you, doing, Spooky? All right, I'm good, mate. Yeah, it's been a while since you've been on. Too long, but oh, it's, it's good to be back. Uh, yeah, even are, with bro. the technical
4: problems before the pod.
3: Let's not talk about it. No, let's not talk about the technical problems. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Spook, have you um, actually? Before we start, did you uh, did you say that you and Kieran had a little bit of a set two on Twitter?
4: not not quite well he sent me a text that made me feel really important um and it turns out he he sent the the dm to the wrong person so he <laughs> kind of bodied me dig- digitally so I was uh buried
2: what, what yeah was I, that? Had a, I had a stinker <laughs> um yeah I had a stinker I was, I was, I'm sure he'll enjoy this but I was supposed to message Ricky Oh well, there um, you go. I was going through my DMs, <laughs> and me and Spooky have chatted a bit in the past, and uh, yeah, I got my uh, fighting cock members missed up, missed, uh, which was which was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> but thanks for thanks for bringing it up, Flav.
3: No, no right, I mean I didn't know anything about it. Why would I? Um, but you see, uh, forgiven. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. How did, well, so when you sent that message, going, "Oh, what, Kieran," when you realised, "Oh shit, Spooky's not Ricky," and it's not even like. Like, they don't even look alike. They don't even sound alike. (laughs) How have you done that, Kieran?
2: Yeah, I don't know, to be honest. I was thinking about ways how I could get out of it. And you can't, obviously, delete messages on Twitter. Um, I was going to go with just, yeah, wrong person, sorry, mate. And then I thought the best way to get out of it was just to be honest and uh, just give him a heartfelt apology and then change (laughs) the subject
3: very quickly. And we we went on chatting about something (laughs) (laughs) else. Yeah, I was going to say, did you say uh, Spurs are shit, aren't they? Uh, that- well, actually, speaking of
2: speaking, of, I've chatted a bit in the past. We we're both quite into playing PlayStation. Um When the new PS5 come out, we, we spoke about it uh, back then. Um So you probably thought it was a bit weird that we last spoke in like August, maybe 2020. So me just dropping a message saying yeah, how are you find in the PS5. <laughs> Uh, which is a shame because if we might not have had this conversation, you might have just thought I was a nice guy and just checking in on him. But now, <laughs> hey, he, knows are, that I felt, now he knows I just felt really guilty. <laughs> uh,
3: Kieran, tell us about Memory Lane podcast. What, what are you up to there? Why did you start it?
2: Yeah, so thanks for your uh, kind words, Flav. It, it, it's, it's something that I don't know if people might remember or not, but... About seven years or so ago, I used to host a separate Spurs podcast, which I thought it was a big secret that that's Windy doing that, the theme tune. And at the okay. time, he was like, don't tell anyone. And I've <laughs> kept it a secret for six years. No one knows, apart from me and, me and Windy. And um even Windy, Windy didn't even admit that it was him. And I was chatting to you, flav and I, and I thought, I'd finally, it's time now to just break break the secret. And you straight away were like, of course it's Windy. Like, we're his best mate. We know it's his voice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. We...
3: Actually, It's catchy, yeah. I wish it was the biggest.
2: So we wanted to, I wanted to come back and do something like that again. I enjoyed it, obviously, with lockdown and whatnot we have got a lot more spare time, and I generally did really enjoy doing it. So I was trying to think about the avenues we could take coming back, and I didn't really, as you said, Flav, it's the first pod that you've listened to in a while that's sort of Spurs-based, but that you've enjoyed listening to something a little different. There's so many podcasts, and, and all of them do a decent job um, of sort of chatting about the last game, the next, and, and whatnot, and I didn't want to just come back and just do that. It would have been easy to, and it, it's it would have been would have been fine. But I wanted to try and do something a little different. So I was trying to think about the things that I love talking about, and like most football fans, we enjoy talking about our good pastimes. Mm. It, it it probably helped when I was thinking of what to do that we were playing a bit. We were shit in real life at the time, so thinking about the current times didn't exactly uh, sell it to me. So yeah, trying to think about some good pastimes. That's the that's the idea of it quite a broad topic um i enjoy talking to my you mentioned the episode of my dad i've always enjoyed talking to my dad about his stories growing up he'd telling me stories about his dad watching football as a part of a part of being a fan that i've always been fascinated by so really i just wanted to create a platform that allowed me to chat about that more than anything else and if if people listen to it then then great
3: yeah no i mean it's it, like i said it's really really good and um and, you're, you're, yeah, you're putting something out there that I'd want want—I'd I'd want to listen to. And I, I've, you know, like doing a podcast, Patreon, you know, the 30% content that we produce, it's a lot of spurs during the week. And then you've got people around you who want to talk about spurs. You've got people message you constantly about spurs. It's like I'm spursed out a little bit. But when, um, you know, the, your idea around that, uh, the Memory Lane podcast, it just kind of, it felt good talking about Tottenham again. They weren't just about what goes on in the um, in the Premier League and whether or not Harry Kane is going to lead this summer, which we'll come on to because we've got to talk about it. Of course, we've got to talk about it. But it's, it's almost like it's not. it doesn't matter what happens in the future. You look back at the sort of glorious moments we had. And you got. I, I was on your podcast talking about Ajax. And then, more importantly, I think me and Ricky were talking about the two Prague games, uh, the first one I attended, to, uh, attended and... Um, Ricky attended the second. And when we were talking about that, it just made me realise or cemented what it means to be not just Spurs, but just a fan going abroad or following your football club. Doesn't matter whether it's in Prague or you're going up to Birmingham or wherever it might be to watch Spurs play football. There's so much around Spurs that isn't like steeped in... How well you do on the football pitch? Like we could be fifteenth in the league if we have any Europa League campaign. There are going to be thousands of people creating stories and and um, just experiences that they wouldn't. It, it wouldn't matter if they were fourth in the league or, or, or first. Yeah. They're still going to have those those instances. Spook, what 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 do you make of that idea that? you know looking back is more important than looking forward like the you know holding on to those small moments of of glory if it happens on the football pitch or experiences if it happens off the pitch like you m- remember that, that that story you told about and you wrote about in the in the um in the fighting cop fanzine seven or eight years ago about you finding a microdot in your pocket and going up to manchester on your own and taking acid and and watching football we were shit then right
4: <laughs> And this is it. It's always about moments, isn't it? Like, like you, when you look back on anything in your life, you're, you're not looking, looking back and talking about what you're doing
0: on your own. own. I, I mean, on, on that occasion, occasion, I was on my own.
4: own, but I was in amongst top of supporters. But when you're looking back at uh, cup semi-finals or away days, you're talking about the stuff that you did with your mates. You know, you're, you're, you're like a tribe within a tribe. And with football, yeah, you talk about the actual football game, but so much of it means something because you've got people there that mean something to you. And that connection, you'll always have that connection with those people and you'll always have those memories associated to those people. And that kind of anchors in that time stamp in your lifetime. And then the football is just the, the fun bit. That's the release bit. So it's always like now people, I was thinking about this the, the other day, if we end up winning something this season, I'm so exhausted by everything that's happened. Like, like on the pitch, off the pitch, the discussions, the the, the way that I'm constantly trying to philosophise and trying to balance the good and the bad and try to find the, uh, somewhere to land where I think, yeah, you know what, this season was worth it because at the end we won the League Cup, for example, if we, if we won it. But then you look back on it, and what have you got to anchor yourself to it? And I know it doesn't quite, quite work out and with the pandemic. We all sat at home and whatever else. But when you think about how football works, you know, you want something that, that pulls you back into that moment. And the games that like Kieran covers are obviously iconic. I mean, I, I talk about the 1991 semi-final against Arsenal, the entire day, the build-up to that match, like it was yesterday. I, I can't remember what I did this morning. Like, I, I lose keys all the time, and I've literally had them in my hand like five minutes ago. Whereas I can remember, it's not just the football I remember, but I remember faces of people in the queue, like like at White Hart Lane queuing up for tickets for the semi final. I remember this guy with a massive jumper, massive cockerel on the jumper. And I remember the guys in front of me laughing at him, like, Did your mum knit that? It's fucking awful. Like, I got it from the smurf shop. It's just stuff like that that, that still <laughs> resonates. 20,
3: 30 years after it happened, it's just. He's... Imagine, imagine saying that to another man who's just put the jump, <laughs> just put the jump on, just thinking, "This is fine." <laughs> like, he definitely not, still remembers it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. does your mum knit that? <laughs> you fucking cunt! It's like, it's not, it's not, um, it's not on, is it? It's not on. But yeah, like, like you, you you're, you're exactly right, and I remember. I remember in that uh, 1991 semi-final against Arsenal and um, experiencing that on my own. No, uh, no, no, sorry, my bad. I watched the uh, 91 semi-final where Gasoline scored the free free kick and uh, I was with my three brothers at that time and um, the you know, we got through that game and went to the final and uh, I had to watch that on my own. And Gary, is it Gary Charles? No, Des Walker scored the um, the uh, own goal. Yeah. And I ran down the street on my own in Holloway, on my own, just going, yes! Yeah. And and I, do you know what? I wouldn't, as much as I'd love to have, I loved the fact that my dad might have picked me over my brothers to take me to Wembley. He didn't. That as much as, you know, that is painful, I actually look back at that that moment as, that was my formative years. That was that was my foundation as a Spurs fan. Like th- that was the glor- the most glorious moment we've had in yeah, nearly forty years. Forty years, is it? 90... Uh,
4: yeah, it was thirty years ago, wasn't it? I thirty think years. Now. Ago. Right.
3: So so it, mm-hmm. I've been alive for nearly forty years. Yeah, you're right. So thirty years. That is the most glorious moment of my life. And I look back at it and think, yeah, it was fantastic. But then you think about Prague. And I have more memories and more stories to tell about Prague than I do have about winning the League Cup in 2008 under one-day mm. Ramos, which is only you know 24 months later. Got more stories, more more positive experiences about those moments in an inconsequential uh, qualifying tournament in the Euro- in UEFA Cup, as it was, than I do have winning winning that winning that trophy. And and maybe the whole the whole
2: point of it, Flav, is maybe I've started this as more of like a subconscious defensive mechanism about how we get we get prodded every day about the no trophies. And I'm just try look, like you you both just spoken in the first ten minutes here about past memories. You can see how passionate you are of them. Everyone loves talking about them. It's effectively just trying to redefine the word glory, I guess. Because so many now it's and this is the whole sort of Twitter culture taking over. To football and I know that's not representative of your average fan but so much emphasis on nowadays and this really stems from Pochettino's reign and how different fans view him there's so much emphasis on winning trophies and that if you don't win the ultimate then everything along the way was just pointless and you try to tell everybody who experienced that night in Amsterdam the even the final up until the game you try to tell those people that it wasn't worth it football how many teams win a trophy each year all those teams that don't, what you're saying that, that it's pointless at that point is it's a pretty miserable outset if that's how you view football. So, hopefully, listening to some of the episodes on on the pod, people will, will appreciate just what makes it as a fan just so special.
3: Uh, yeah, there, there's there's glory felt by people that's uh, that, that or, or fans that survive the Premier League on the last couple of days of the season, like we, the way the Aston Villa fans and, and the club. And the players celebrated staying up when soon as... As soon as Don Roy Keane had a go at him uh, for celebrating staying up in the Premier League. It, as a player, never had to experience anything like that. So he doesn't know what, what it means. Do you know what I mean? Mika um, Richards were, was laughing at him for being so dour and sour about Aston Villa players celebrating staying up. But that's glory. In that moment, that's glory. Yeah. That's, that's, that's th- the same thing what they're feeling in that moment is the same feeling when a team wins the FA Cup, when a team qualifies for the Champions League. The, the feeling that us as fans had when Pete Crouch headed that goal against Man City in 2010, um, that feeling was replicated in Aston, in Birmingham with Aston Villa's fans and their players when they stayed up. So like, it's a little bit pious to say no, it's only glorious. So you can only you can only feel glory, or you can only feel superb or fantastic as a, a, a when you follow your football club if it's a positive thing rather or, or a progressive thing. It's like finishing the top four, really, as we know, as Arsenal know, as we know, as many teams know, finishing the top four really often doesn't lead to anything at all. But being like staying up in the Premier League, as we've seen with Villa this season had a massive influence so yeah absolutely. there's glory everywhere there's glory everywhere and if you if you can't see that you're a dick
2: um yeah success for be. yeah success is defined in a million different ways for me pochettino was successful because of the connection he brought back with the fans and people will disagree with that people will call him unsuccessful because he didn't ultimately win anything but for me how i how i viewed his success was that and we talked about it with martin you in a slightly different sense, but for what Poch done as, as fans and, and made us connected with the club again after a few years of pretty, it was torrid, wasn't it? Um mm. So for me, yeah, it, it's it's defined in so many different ways and, and that's what we're trying to get at with it.
3: Yeah, so go and listen to the Memory Lane podcast. Kieran's doing a ma- magnificent job Um and it's, yes, yeah, just decent, wholesome Tottenham content that doesn't rely on or, or depend on how well the team's playing, and that's what I love about it, Karen. You're doing a good job, mate. Really good. Thank you, mate. Appreciate you. Uh, I, I do have a more important question to ask you. So, are you ready? Yeah. That no, would. Yeah. Are, are I'm ready. ready. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm ready. ready. Okay. I'm not uh, sure I am, but yeah, go on. Uh, Mystic Polker, He says, "What's the strangest way a man can compliment another man's penis?". I
2: think it's just a nod. Yes. It is. Just a no. silent nod. It sometimes can be i guess it could be a little weird I'm not, not many men have nodded to me standing next to me in your eye or maybe that's maybe that's saying something um oh, but no. yeah, it's just a nod. I think it gets weirder if you absolutely- if it comes out of your mouth the words complimenting someone else's penis i guess that that becomes weird, but I think the the line is drawn with just a nod of approval we've all i say we've all had it, some may not have. But maybe maybe I'm just a giver of the nod rather than a receiver. But for me, that's yeah, that's that's the perfect way.
3: Spooky. Have, it. You ever, have you ever um, have you ever looked at another man in the urinal and thought and said, "Fair play"? I think we're not spooky. Uh, yeah, I, I think that sometimes you can look at a, a, look at an, a, another man. That actually, I, I, this is the thing: is like, what what people don't. What every man who's listening to this will know the etiquette of when you're in urinals is you don't look, you don't have your phone out. Like, I don't, I don't agree with people pissing and having their phone out because the phone might just go up and uh, have like a little snap of my piece. But I, I you know, i I'd, Maybe I'd that's like their t- way of complimenting you. What taking a photo of your cock. <laughs> <laughs> There isn't a penis on Earth that looks decent when urine is coming out of it. <laughs> what have I missed? Uh, you've missed oh, there, there's the man. Man. <laughs> Spooky. There's a question here. What's the straight stra- oh, I don't know straightest way A man can compliment another man's penis. What's the straightest way?
4: Um, man- I'd use that in, a, in an emergency.
3: I'd use that in an emergency. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. fantastic. If my if my fell off, I'll be like, Oh that that do as a yeah. replacement. Yeah, if I if I uh you know, needed to save a fair maiden, if you, <laughs> if her name was Rapunzel, uh and her hair it, wasn't long enough, I could swing my cock up there and
2: uh... It's quite funny, Flav. I've obviously listened to the podcast for a while and and it's always been, it's always something everyone would love to be on fighting cock. Like I've, I've always wanted to be on it and, and now being on it for the first time making my debut, I don't think there's more of a perfect way to introduce myself than to be asked a question like that.
3: <laughs> I mean, is, I'm not sure. Is that a compliment? I'm not sure. It, this, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, not sure either. Let's take it
4: as a compliment. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. Spook. Yes. Uh,
3: we've got a question from George Kelly. And going to read out he's... Um, his Twitter user handle, just so that um, you know, you 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 can see what I'm seeing. It's George K five two four one five four six four six four. Why uh, he's it's a lot of George K's. I don't know. It feels like a bot, but he he comes up with a, a good question. How aggressively bored are you of Harry Kane has to leave Tottenham chat after every time he plays well and scores, or we lose? Spook, oh, where are you at, with mate, I'm I'm hemorrhaging. It's just it's just,
4: quite, and I get why media outlets and journalists and pundits and Paddy Power, uh, Twitter accounts. the, the lot, I know why they do it. They do it because it feeds into the Spurs supporters that are going to react and the rival supporters that are going to retweet and laugh about it. And it's just content. It's just a way of getting engagement and the way of talking about something. You've got 24-hour news, sports channels. They've got to have something to talk about. And it, even... When Kane was knocking him in during peak potch, the stories were about him. Can we keep hold of him? He's got to leave if he wants to win trophies. It's never about appreciating the player, what he does for the club. And there's and there's so much contradiction in the coverage as well. It's like a, a Spurs too reliant on, on Harry Kane. And then the next minute, Spurs need to sell him. Uh, the next minute, well, we could, they can't sell him because Levy wants £120 million and no one can afford that in pandemic hit, you know the world that, that, that exists now. So thank God for I'm COVID. Fucking, yeah, it's just it's boring, but it's also at the same time I can't get angry about it because it's exactly what I expect from the media. They got that, that's their level of creativity, and the reality is that there's a good chance he's going to leave. It's fifty-fifty, isn't it, with most things in football? So them covering the story, it doesn't bring anything new to the table. It's not something you want to pick up and read and go, oh, well, that's really insightful. I've, I've got a lot out of that. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It's, it's bullshit fluff.
3: Kieran, where are you at?
2: Yeah, it's, it does frustrate me. I try and not let it. Um, it's, it's, it seems to be, yeah, it's, it's on the lines of an obsession. I think it's, it's weird to the level that it's often ran down our throat. Um, like, like Spooky said, I think you, it, we and fans, fans and Spurs fans react to it. Whether or not we're overly sensitive because he's ours, I don't think so. I think, as I said, it, it's a weird obsession. But if he was, if he come out and committed his future, he'd get his mentality questioned. Of why is he not looking to move? So I don't think he can ever win. Um, but it's frustrating. I think I can handle it on Twitter and for newspapers, it's, it's their job to report rumours. And as, as Spooky said, it's. They'll 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 report on what gets the most interaction, and clearly, Spurs fans react to this, and rightly so most of the time. But it does it it does really wind me up when it's on part when it's part of sort of in post game analysis. The England won the game yesterday, prime example. They've got a, a, a slot of forty five minutes or so after the game to analyse the game they have just watched. And I know international football is is dead boring, and there is not an awful lot to discuss. But to spend your time after that pretty much one of the first things they spoke was Harry Kane's club future is just come on guys, that like, you've got more things to discuss than that. And I think if this was his, if his contract was up in the summer, you'd get it, but it's this whole new 3 year conundrum thing, which we've never heard from any other player. So yeah, it's, it doesn't annoy me. It doesn't anger me, but it certainly does annoy me.
3: Luckily, luckily, um you know, Roy Keane's opinions have an absolutely zero bearing on anything that's remotely pertinent in football. Like, him commenting on Harry Kane's future has no bearing on what Harry Kane's going to do. And certainly, more to the point, has no bearing on what Daniel Levy would do. Now, Harry Kane, and, and if I'm going from the perspective of Harry Kane wants to leave Tottenham, and I, I don't think that he does, and, and I'm just going to hold on to that because we don't know anything, do we? But, if he'd said to Daniel Levy, you know what, I want to, I want to move on. I need a new challenge. Um, then you'd say to him, that's you know, from from my perspective, that's fair enough. You you've given us, you know, was it nine, nearly ten years of, no, how, how long has he been like eight, seven or eight years? Um, yeah, couple, he's been
2: in the first team for what six years, six seven years.
3: And if he fulfills his contract, it will be close to a sort of testimonial. If those things were even, you know, relevant anymore. And you'd say, you know, fair enough. You know, you'd have to go. But right now, he signed a contract. He's got three more years left on that contract. He's worth two hundred grand a week, and more if he, you know, given the fact the assists and the goals he's scoring. If we qualify for the Champion League, it probably is, it is worth more, like two hundred, two hundred and fifty. You can't just uh, you can't just go. You can't. That's the thing. That's, the I try for- not to.
2: I don't listen to too much about it because. I just find, um, again, maybe this is blind optimism, but I generally don't believe that we all lose him. Even if, as you say, he goes to Mr. Daniel Levy and says that he wants to leave for a new challenge, I don't. I don't think he will have a choice. I, I don't. For what it costs with with everything that's going on in the world at the minute financially, I personally, I don't think anyone's gonna gonna get him, whether or not that changes next season. But for now, this season, I just just can't see it.
3: How much if- do you think he'd, he'd cost to buy, Kieran?
2: Billions. <laughs>
3: If, if you what, 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 oh, what
2: you could put, a, I don't know what, what would you put on it like 200 million being floated about. There's not, a, there's not any figure we could receive that would replace Harry Kane's ability and his worth to the team. So, what's going to happen is it,
3: right now with three years left on his contract is it, like a conservative um estimate on his value might be 120, right? And that's conservative then you've got to find somewhere out there because Barcelona ain't going to do it. Real Madrid are not going to do it. Man City, if they do that, they'll have to shift out three or four players. They, the financial fair play is is going to restrict the big players from actually buying a player like Harry Kane. And, it, uh, you know, in a way, if Harry Kane does want to leave, he's finding himself in a very difficult situation because what he has to do is wait towards the end of the contract and then you find, it, you find his value or... You, in in the transfer market diminished not because he's not a good a great player but because the contract doesn't protect the club anymore so he's in a situation where he can he can negotiate himself then like so that that Real Madrid or, or man united or man City can come in with a year left and say fifty million pounds you know that's your compensation for the last year of his contract, but it's three years so Daniel levy's never gonna say no harry Kane's never gonna never gonna say. I don't want to be here. You've got to let me go. I can't imagine that ever happening. If that happens, then we're in that. This is a completely different conversation. But every everything about how he's conducted himself, how he's been our, you know, a talisman, and 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 he's involved in Spurs, and clearly has to be grateful for what the opportunity he's been he's been given and the multiple contracts he's been given. Every time he plays well, he gets a new contract. So he he you know he he I can't imagine a world where he says. You've got to let me go. So if that doesn't happen, then we've got two years before we get fifty million pound for him. So I think
2: he'll sign a extension. Personally, I think maybe he'll try and ex- maybe his team will look for possibly avenues in the summer. And as we said, that will probably end up being nothing. And then they'll look at it and say, look, Kane clearly loves the club. His I think his motivation will be smashing every single record there is at Tottenham Hotspur and the Premier League as fans, maybe well, that's just us saying that, but I, I do, I do think it. And if we get, even if, as you said, Flav, if we get two years out of him and, and he leaves, then, then, then great because he would have had nine amazing years serving us.
4: Depends, Depends how you take take, take his comments point. as well. We we tend to look at it like a negative thing because he's not committing to Tottenham, is he? He's, he's saying, I'm going to see what happens. He's, he's done that a couple of times at the beginning of the pandemic, when he was interviewed by Jamie Redknapp. And he said the same thing then. You know, he he said he'd look to the future. But sometimes players do that as a means to an end to get the chairman to then come back in for, like, the ultimate contract. And then he's sorted. You know, he's got how many kids has he got now? Is he, He's had the third one. Have I got that yep. right? Yeah, yeah. So he's, you know, he's deep in well I think. Um, does he want to uproot his family? Does he want to go abroad? Does he want to go up to Manchester? It might be that we're just um, burn. From every other player that we've idolised. The thing is, with every other player that we've idolised, the likes of Burbatov and Luca, and different, Michael, yeah. I was going to say Michael Carrick and uh, Robbie Keane, then, but maybe not. But you get what I'm saying. You you commit to these players, and they don't really commit to the club. Whereas Kane, like you, you both said, is a different type of footballer, and he's got a different type of connection. But I don't think he would ruin his legacy.
2: And I, also I think he think... probably looks back to, sorry, Spook. he no, probably no, looks no. back to when he signed that six-year contract, and that was great, and, and at the time, he was he was flying, so it made sense, but he probably looks back now and thinks, I gave too much power away at that point, because you look now, what is he, 28 or so, mm. 27, 28, and he's still got three years left. It, at this point, if he'd be like a year and a half left, then we would be shit. We'd be seriously thinking, we're going to lose him in the summer. But the fact he did sign that big deal, he did... he. As, as he did, he gave too much power over to Levy. So he's just I don't, it doesn't worry me these well, comments at all. He's not going to come pa- out.
3: You say power over True. to Levy. He he agreed to take a fucking gargantuan wage. Like he's yeah, and and not—he's not worth it. He's definitely worth it. Like I, like I have no issue with the contract that he's been given, but it isn't always the, the reason why clubs and, and Daniel Levy and whoever it might be for whatever owner of whatever football club. The reason why they pay, they're willing to pay these incredible wages is so that they get leverage if that player wants to leave. So when Harry Kane signs that contract and, you know, he says, I'm I'm willing to accept £200,000 a week to, to stay at Tottenham for the next four years. He's also putting himself in a situation where he, he says that I'm also giving you leverage if I want to leave. So you can't, have all the money and all of the options so and we like, again we're talking about uh, and I, I, you know I've gone that that way but we're talking about the idea of, of Harry Kane leaving but this is the same with anybody same with Deli Alley you know I'm sure Deli alley's on good money and he's in a situation now where he probably doesn't want to be at the football club the manager doesn't want him clearly um and uh, Daniel Levy has signed him up to uh, a contract. But the, the, the reason why the market is strong, the reason why the transfer market works in the way it does is because, because of the Bosman ruling. It means that clubs have to protect themselves. Because of the Bosman ruling meant that players are going to get paid much more than their market value because you want to protect your asset. And, you know, we, I think that sometimes there is like this kind of narrative about let the player leave. No, no. I mean of course not why don't don't like don't say don't play the player what he wants and then say let the player leave it's one or the other either you're going to play the player what he wants for his five year deal and then you've got leverage if he wants to leave or you pay him less for a, a, a short amount of time if he's willing to accept that when he has to risk injury and whatnot, and not and and and, and 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 make it a sort of more free flowing market but it's just football like like harry like roy keane saying saying that harry kane has to leave tottenham to achieve things it might be 100% correct but it's so out of touch of what how football works it's almost stupid and, that, and the whole thing about that, that sky Sport punditry it's just nonsense all, all all the shit that comes out of their mouths is just let's clip that up let's put it on social media let that get a million views or 100,000 views or whatever it might be. So it's really like we're talking about it. Of course, we're going to talk about it. But it's really all just fucking bollocks. we got a question from Nick. He says, I don't want to sound like a Liverpool fan, but why do the media and what appears to be the majority of pundits try to sell our players, uh, best players, when on? Also, are Kane's comments just smart posturing to sharpen Levy's and the board's mind nice and early ahead of next season? Do we... As uh, Spurs fans need to take a step back and just think we don't need to be as reactionary as we are, Kieran.
2: Possibly, yeah. I touched on it earlier that whether we're, we're ever over, overly sensitive, um, it's difficult to take that step back when it's not only one of your players, but Harry Kane, who we sing the song, he's one of us playing playing, playing the game. Um, I don't think we are like other fans. He uses Liverpool as an example. Um, I think we're, we're in our right to... To take the way, take the stance that that we do against this, I think it's it's rammed down our throat, as I said, so often, um, and it does seem like it is an agenda against Spurs. We've had it in the past. We're trying to move players on. Like who who are these guys? Who are they to to tell us that that Kane has to he has to go on to achieve success? We spoke earlier about how you define success. No one knows what's in Harry Kane's mind. Of course, he wants to go on and, and compete for some of the biggest trophies in club and. and International, uh, that's no denying that Kane absolutely would want to do that, but I also think what would motivate him just as much is breaking all individual records, and for him, that would be success. So, I think it's difficult to say that he solely would want to move to win trophies. Um, but yeah, on on the comments, I think we've said whether or not he's doing it to sharpen, leave his mind, I'm not sure he is. Um, but at the same time, he'd be fully aware that if he come out and said, "Yeah, I am going to be at Tottenham for the rest of my life," he's he's smarter than that. His team wouldn't advise him to do that. So that's as fans as what we want to hear. But realistically, like the Bale comments that come out last week, as much as we would love him to, I love Tottenham. I am going to be here forever. It's just not. It's not realistic.
3: Okay on 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 the, on the Gareth Bale comments, speak. What do you make of this? Obviously, going into next season, legally, my contract says I have to go back to Real Madrid, which is what I stated. Which I don't think is being res- disrespectful to anybody. That's legally what I have to do. Why
4: well, make the comment in the first place? I get I get you saying he was asked a question, he answered it. And there was a lot of that on Twitter as well, where people say, what are you getting excited about? He's just answered the question. that, like, Now now Bell's come out, and rather than just fluff it over, he's just saying, well, legally, I have to go back. It's the way he delivered it. Uh, there's a kind of disassociation and, uh, and the kind of little slide dig at Mourinho, like but he, he said about getting away from club football to go to international football, and it was not too dissimilar to the way that he spoke about leaving Zidane at Madrid and coming over to Tottenham. So, it again, it doesn't bother me because I know as much as I allowed the hype to wash over me when he came back, and I bought into the little social media videos and all the Welsh mafia stuff, and it was, like, it was fun to watch, and we've got an iconic player back at Tottenham. Deep down, I know that he is... A footballer, a professional footballer. He's a bit of a mercenary, like a lot of them are, not all of them. And it was a way out. And it was a comfortable way out. He's coming back to a club he's played for. It didn't turn out to be very comfortable once he got here because it took him practically the entire season to find form and get into the team. He's obviously got problems with Mourinho. Mourinho's got problems with him. So, again, with these comments, the last thing that we want to hear, if you simplify is you don't want to hear a player detach himself from it when we've still got the business end of the season to go, he doesn't have to. I get what you're saying. I'm just factually telling. We get it, mate. You're, you're just saying the reality of it. You don't have. To, you can you can mask it up. You can say, "Well, I don't know." You know, I, I want to do my best for Tottenham and I want to do my best for for Wales, and then no one has got anything to talk about at that point. Whereas he's what he's done, he's he's kind of sort of said his mind is going back to fucking playing golf in the sun. Almost. Do you know what I'm saying? He's like, and and I get why the fragile... I mean, to go back to what we've been talking about, the reason all this content exists, the reason we all get agitated and passionate and we all got opinions is because we're playing this collective game. We're all logged into this singularity of bullshit, and we all feed into it. And if you see a tweet and it, and it's something about Bay or Cain, if you do not react to it yourself, you're left out. So your ego is like, no, 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 come on. Do some numbers here. And you, and you, and you, and you reply to it and you respond to it, and and then you're part of the problem because you if, do it, your mate does it, it gets
3: retweeted. If you if you were Gareth Bale, fuck if you, Twitter.
4: <laughs> I'm saying.
3: Yeah, I mean, without doubt, a hundred percent. But if you if you were Gareth Bale, um, you know, and you have this affinity with Tottenham Hotspur, you do, mm-hmm. and he's he's done he's done wonderful things this season. Let alone what yeah, he did, yeah in the six or seven seasons we had with him before but as a person he has a 13 million pound or actually 15 million pound I read contract that Real Madrid have to fulfill so why if if it was me like and and I was playing for Spurs and I had a 15 million pound paycheck over there I would say nothing that would jeopardize that and I could, if I don't jeopardise that, then I can still end up playing for Spurs next year or wherever wow. else I want to play. So what what I read saying I wanted to be fit, I wanted to be playing football. I didn't take that as a disrespect to Tottenham at all. I just I took it as as Gareth Bale having been in this situation where he will not let Real Madrid have an inch, and so he shouldn't because Real Madrid have been. Like think about how Real Madrid have poached our players, like in terms of of etiquette and the way you behave. And, and you know, and uh, what you do in order to achieve. Like, Real Madrid do what they can. They bully. They, they bully because of the size of their football club and they force, they turn players' ears ahead, rather, and they get the player they want because they're Real Madrid. They use their leverage. What Gareth is doing right now is saying, yeah, you owe me £15 million. Pound. So, I'm not, like, my agent, is it Barnett? I think it's yeah, Jonathan Barnett. Yeah, Jonathan Bonnet. Bonnet is saying to him, look, just make sure that you're open or, or in terms of publicly saying, I'm ready to come back and become a fucking nightmare for you once. I've been a nightmare for you for the last 18 months. You let me go for Tottenham, not your problem anymore. Tottenham are paying my wages. If you don't, let me stay at Spurs or sign for somewhere else. I'm going to come back and sit on the bench and become a nightmare once again. For his, for for Gareth Bale's perspective, he's, he's played a blinder. He's not, he doesn't owe the press the quotables they want, and the bullshit you you, you find from Sky Sports and BBC and whoever saying Gareth Bale is, is is um you know he's posturing, he's not you know he's he's not involved in in um in the betterment of Tottenham, whatever it might be, it's bullshit. The fact is, they owe him fifteen million pound. They agreed to pay him this contract. He fulfilled it. He said, yes, I'll sign and I will play out for the remainder of this contract for you unless you want to let me go. If you do, you have to pay me for the remainder of my contract you agreed to legally. He's not doing anything wrong. He's not do- he's not done a thing wrong. And I, it just, just, just people are fucking idiots. <laughs> That's what it is. They're idiots. Um, in terms of more business, Kieran, what, what did you make of the British Airways in discussions with Spurs over the naming rights of the stadium for two hundred and fifty million pounds? Imagine that selling Kane one hundred and twenty, uh, British Airways two hundred and fifty, all into Joe Lewis's pocket. All in yeah.
4: It.
2: it's yeah, it's I don't know. It always makes me uneasy thinking of our stadium being named anything other than White Hart Lane, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It. There's, I think that it, it well, you see some of the rumors you've had over the last however many years you've been in the new stadium, there'd certainly be a lot worse names than, say, the, the BA Stadium or whatever it is. Um, I can't see it, I think their, their losses are what are something ridiculous this year. I can't see how they would then pump 250 million to a football club, but yeah, it's it's, it's an interesting one that come up. There's certainly a lot of um. Whiteheart plane was one that was flagged about that White that would White work. Whiteheart um, White plane I can deal with that. To Aries to do would also work. So there's certainly the steps are there for it to work. Um as long as they buy into that. If not then if they're just going to go with something box down as the BA Arena BA Stadium then I'm then I'm I'm I don't I don't want it but if they're willing to to
3: buy into those puns, then I'm all for it. I think that they I mean I'm pretty sure that the the fans have no sway at all but the reality is, is when this, whoever ends up buying the sponsorship rights for the stadium, that Sky Sports, BT, BBC, Match of Day, whatever it is, will say the Amazon Arena or the BA Arena or whatever it might be. But the most important thing is for Spurs fans to call it White Hart Lane because it is still White Hart Lane. And I know, I know the club did a lot to try and make it called you know, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, but all of us, every time I talk about that stadium, even though it isn't the old old stadium of old, even though I talk about it, every time I, I reference that stadium, it's White Hart Lane and it will always be forever White Hart Lane. And, and, and... and other
2: clubs have... Sorry, go on, Fleur.
3: No, go on, go, go, go. Other, Yeah,
2: clubs have... Other clubs will try that. Like Everton, I've seen fans on, on Twitter of theirs, they're getting this new stadium. They're, they're still going to be calling it Goodison and whatnot. And as much as they want to believe that is the case... For us, like how many other clubs have built a stadium like we have on the exact same plot as their old? For us, we call it Whitehall Lane because we want to believe it is, but it, it genuinely is. is as well. So yeah. it's not just us trying to keep that attachment to it. It's it's still the Park Lane. It's still the Paxton. The the train station might not be called Whitehall Lane anymore, but it is still. It was the same. We, we the the steps we took in there when it was Whitehall Lane are exactly the same as it is now. Yeah. So yeah, as much as it it's sad for it not to be named that officially, but for us it's going to be the stadium for the rest of our lives. So for us, it's always going to be White Hart Lane.
3: Yeah, for sure. And and, and if you think, I think people hold up what happened at Arsenal as like a benchmark of what happens with new stadiums. Um, and, you know, they, they moved from Highbury to a place that was previously called Ashburton Grove, which uh, I don't know if people notice who are listening to this podcast, was a dump. It's, it's natural, like a, a uh, it was like a tip, a rubbish tip. Um, and I noticed because I lived literally 200 yards from where their stadium is right now. And I used to knock about the Harvest Estate, which had four uh, towers. And for a laugh as kids, we'd go up to the top of the towers and look out the window, at smoke fags or whatever you used to do. And you used to look down and there was just shit everywhere. It was rubbish. It stunk. It, it literally was the worst place in North London. Like It stunk. It was... Like, if you could be anywhere else on Earth, you would choose it other than that mound of <laughs> shit that was there. And Arsenal bought it and built their stadium on it, and which, you know, is perfect. So, what, what the the the, what, the reality of their stadium shouldn't be called the Emirates because some, you know. Airline decided to sponsor it and pay Arsenal over so many years to sponsor their stadium. And their fans so gleefully say, welcome to the Emirates. Come to the Emirates. Come to the Emirates. Come. Imagine, imagine, us, imagine, imagine us going, yeah, come to the British Airways Stadium next year. See what happens to you. See if you don't get your face smashed in. Come to the British Airways Stadium. That's not Tottenham. That's not where, what we're about. It will never be that. It will always be White Hart Lane. Arsenal fans will gleefully say the Emirates, because, as we know, they're nothing. Um, well, we talk, so, if we're
2: talking in literal senses, our stadium literally is White Hart Lane. You are talking the Emirates, they what is theirs? Literally, the shithole, and that's what we know it as, and that's probably
3: why they have adopted honestly, their, their new we, name. We used to go up to the top of these um, these uh, council blocks, and it, the stench from where the stadium now sits, it was unbelievable. We'd we'd, we'd last five ten minutes up there. Have a fag and run down because it would stink that much. All right, um, Kieran, thank you so much. Um, if, if if people want to find your podcast, how do they find it? Uh,
2: so we are Memory Lane Pod on Twitter. Um, yeah, drop us a follow. We're, we're trying to release every other week. If you've got any any ideas for famous games and whatnot, then please get in touch. We'd love to chat about them.
3: Talk to, uh, talk to Spooky about his trip to Man City away. If okay. uh, probably want... Well, no, no. I
4: saw him. His face froze for a second. Yeah, exactly. He's going to re invite Ricky in. <laughs> Out of order. the... Okay, mate, come yeah, on, I'll... mate. <laughs> <laughs>
2: don't, don't invite, ask
3: it, you, I... <laughs> but invite ask you me. Don't
2: invite me. I think it. I'm just raiding love, the fighting cock. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right, then, boys. Um, uh, yeah, this has been fantastic. And uh, we're, we're, we'll be back on Friday Ooh. for a preview podcast uh, looking towards the. Game against Newcastle. Yes, I remember. Yeah, we've got to play Newcastle. And imagine, like, we beat Newcastle. Arsenal don't beat Liverpool. They're a long way off. Long way off. Very chipper. Kieran, Spook, take care, boys. You too, lads. Cheers, lads. Up the See spurs. You later. It's the fight in.
0: It's the fight in. It's a fight in. It's a fight in. A camel, Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy to use mobile app, available 24 hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Geico asks How would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would.